All right, let's talk um, entrepreneurship with Rebecca Hollis. He joins me now uh, from San Fran in the US. Kia ora. How are you, my friend? I am. I'm very, very good. Um, just, just quickly. Uh, sorry. How are you going? I should ask. Sorry, that's a bit mean of me. How are you? Oh, all good, mate. Ready to rumble. So, no, we'll get into it. All good. Nice, nice. Uh, now, earlier we had an interview with um, a guy called Lake Baig, who's in India. He was in New Zealand. He's working for the Hawkesway District Health um, Board, but he went over to India um, last, I think it was last November or, yeah, sometime last year because his dad uh, had caught COVID and then he went over there and his dad subsequently died from COVID. He's been trying to come back to New Zealand. Um, but he hasn't got an MIQ spot and his visa restrictions means um, he can't get back to the country. Anyway, this whole time that he has been in India, which is for the last year, he has been working remotely for the Hawke's Bay District Health Board um, and he's been paying tax in New Zealand and he's wanting this tax back. It's $15,000. He says, what's the point of me paying New Zealand tax if I'm not getting any benefit from it? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Should he get his tax back? That's a great question. I, I'm actually interested in the dynamics of how it was structured, obviously, with a private versus public company, because for years I've, you know, I've travelled with for the last 20 years and I've had a whole bunch of different things I've had to navigate with this type of stuff. But in his specific situation, if the I'm, I'm imagining the argument is like, hey, if I'm paying this tax for the benefits of a nation but I'm not physically able to be there, even though I want to be, but you're blocking me out that I can't actually be there, he's probably got, he's probably got some type of potential point. What I would say is the legal ramifications of a bunch of different people in kind of similar situations are first of their kind for many, a huge array of reasons. So the ones that went out of this are actually the lawyers who could go through, but the first ones that are going to happen is it sets a president, you know, like with um, like even the rich list that came back for his own MIQ thing at, um, in Herne Bay, each of these things sets a president in court. So it's, it starts to open up personally, my thought is if he's not getting, getting the benefits of a country, even though he wants to be there, I don't feel he should be paying. He should be paying that tax. But then simultaneously, the argument side would be, it's a it's a public um, entity for the people, and so that would potentially be a bit different. But what I can say about a bunch of remote workers and stuff as well is that you know um, you know digital nomads have been a, a thing for you know the last ten or so years. Um, and they've found a lot more ways to get around it that are a bit more simple. So, you know, I think they're going to have to look at, you know, the way things have been done um, better from others. But no, he shouldn't be basically, be, in my opinion. He shouldn't be. If he wants to get home and he can't get home, but they're going to charge him, it's a bit stuffed, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. And he's also paying a lot of fees and stuff trying to get a visa so he can come back because his visa's expired and it's just been declined. And he's like, oh, man, stuff you guys. Um, are you paying tax in New Zealand? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so all my, my ventures and stuff are still running through there. Obviously, married in the States and stuff, but um, the way I've currently structured is, you know, like different bits and pieces are there. And so my stuff comes through in New Zealand, and the, um, and that's that's what I roll. So it makes it, it makes it a lot easier for me anyway, because the majority of the time I'm usually back and forth every four to six weeks. But I would say, because I got stuck over here through the whole COVID mission, is that after a certain amount of time of transactions are coming, banks actually make sure to double check that you're not a, um, a tax resident of other countries. And so that's happened multiple times while I've been away for an extended period of time, obviously through lockdown and MIQ. So the systems are in place to, to do that. But um, 
yeah, in the future things will change a bunch more, but for now that's the way I do it, and I've done it like that for 20 years. Now, we didn't bring you on the show to talk about your tax structures, so should, should we move on? And I should I should <laughs> say, um, if you've got any questions um, for a bit, because um, you've, you, your questions do pour in when we put this request out, please fire them in, 3920. If you think about starting a business, give me a text, 3920, if you want some advice. If you've got some um, problems with your existing business, 3920. Any kind of, no matter how crazy they are, some random thoughts, give me a text, 3920. Uh, two zero, and they'll come in. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll hopefully we'll have some texts flooding in like they usually do, Robert. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I just think it's awesome they can ask anonymously. They can send a text through, ask a simple question, and the reality is most of the people that are asking don't have people close to them and they, they can genuinely reach out to for, you know, specific curated info. So, yeah, man, that's it's an open platform to be able to do it. And, you know, I always say, Lord, you know, it's like New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win. So we've got a platform <laughs> right. to do it and can share some IP. Stop and do it, you know. That's right. I mean, you've got your own studio that you've made over there, right? Because you've got a you've got a radio show that's starting next year. It's a shame that we can't actually get that up and running now. So we can, instead of you being on the phone, you can be in your fancy new studio. I'm not going to lie, Lloyd. It's flipping epic. <laughs> like I've spent so much time making it look awesome, and I can't wait to to get it up and actually be able to show people fully. So no, yes, I've I am you know obviously can't get back there right now. So like, stop it. Let's make a studio. It's sweet. So I'm extremely excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Do you know how your show's going to run next year? What's it? What is it going to be about? Is it going to be similar to this? Um, I, I've written a. Whole, I've got like a lot of ideas. I've just continued to write heaps of them down. And what I'm imagining is that um, most of them will say no to because they might be a bit too loose. <laughs> and then I'll work my way in within the box of, of what it, what might be um, acceptable and appropriate for the time slot. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, look, nothing, nothing's nothing's impossible in radio. You know, you know, aim for the stars. Is you know, if you've got some ideas that you think are mad, then just give them a crack. And if they fail, they fail. That's just life. At least you're giving them a crack. And I've already warned HR. I've warned them. I've warned them. I said, hey, I'm coming in hot, team. Get yep. lucky your illegals in, in-house and don't have them on retainer. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, now that concerns me. It's, some of your ideas are going to going to freak out <laughs> HR and the lawyers. Whew. Um, okay, we've got, a, we've got a message in um, here from, it's from Brenda. Um, I've got a great idea for a startup. I don't want to. I don't want to say what it is. How do I approach potential investors without someone stealing my idea? Great question, and it happens. This is very much a you know um, a starting point that most people do. And then the first step that people will say is, "I need you to sign an NDA or a non-disclosure agreement." So you can basically download a template online. You can go to a website called dockhub.com, D-O-C-H-U-B, and essentially it's an online um, electronic signature type thing where you can basically send it to them, they sign it away, and then it's done and dusted. That's the best way to do it. But there's two trains of thought with it. The majority of people that have done really well for themselves, they've done it kind of by not really screwing anyone and they don't really have much time to piss around. So there's going to be two, two types of people that <laughs> if you're after investors' money, it's that same thing of like, you know, ideas are shit, executions, everything. You can have the greatest idea in the world, but if you don't have the funds for it, if you don't have the whatever, like the ideas are only so much, you then need to go and do stuff. So if you're very precious and you think it's the most spectacular thing ever, just ask for a simple NDA, non-disclosure agreement, uh, download a template online, send it to them via .hub, they can sign it, then you can happily share um, as much as you want. But the danger that most people then don't think about is, hey, I need some money, and outside of the idea, what value do you actually bring to the to the table? And what happens most of the time when they get investment is unless they are adding specific value into the equation, 
they usually get diluted pretty quick and eventually kind of get pushed out. That's what usually happens as it, as it grows up because if they're not adding value uh, into the business or if they're not the, the leader or they've got something proprietary or special or if they're not bringing anything of value, they usually get pushed. So um, that's how most people get screwed and pushed out of, um, out of companies. I mean, yeah, it's kind of the lesson that we've learned from talking to you um, the last couple of weeks is that um, people say, oh, I've got this great idea. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, and then you're like, most of the time, the idea's already been tried and, and failed. So go and check it on the, um, the pay, is it the, the patents checking or the company's register or something like that? Yeah, totally. Google patents and stuff, especially like now with everything being so digital, there's usually different versions of every type of something that's happened somewhere in the world. Most of the time, because they just haven't seen it in their own ecosystem, they don't realize that a similar thing may already exist in another country. So that's why before you do it, you know, put it down to a soundbite, what it is, what it's trying to do, and then do some Googling. And you'll usually be pretty surprised that similar types of things pretty much exist for pretty much everything. Um, another message that's come through, it doesn't have a name here, but it says, hey, I'm designing skate surfwear, low-key, paying my way through uni, getting China to make it, who send amazing products here. How do I need to make how do I need to make dollars before I need to register? Sorry, how much do I need to make in, to, in terms of money before I need to register for GST? So this is a sort of a side hustle here that she's, I'm guessing it's a female, it could be a dude, um, making skate and surfwear. Yeah, I think the number was. I'm a, uh, honestly Google it in two seconds, but I think the number is sixty thousand. If it's under sixty thousand, you don't need a GST number. But if you're going to go over, um, you do. What I would suggest and say is, if you if it's a side hustle, it's making anything kind of significant, or if you're selling it direct to, depends if you're going, you know, um, direct to consumer or to the public, or if you're selling it to wholesalers or to and to retailers. Any type of if you're dealing with a professional organisation, you should get GST registered. It just looks super amateur if you're like, you know, skate and surf at gmail.com and you send them through like a spreadsheet with no GST number attached. It just kind of <laughs> makes you look pretty, pretty flipping amateur. So definitely if you want to look a bit more professional uh, and if your receipts and stuff, you want to have GST attached to them, that's probably more the best way to do it. But if you sell it direct to, um, direct to the public, potentially um, you may not need to go down that route. But I would, I'm not an accountant, I would highly suggest talking to an accountant, doing some good on the IRD website. But I believe from the last time I checked that it was under $60,000, you didn't need to be potentially GST registered. Okay, so what are, are there any like disadvantages of being GST registered if you're not making 60K? I mean, it, it makes you look more professional. Um, do you have to pay lots of money to become GST registered? No, no, not at all. No, it's a, a simple thing that you can do online. The great part is, I imagine if you do a skate and surf um, uh, brand, um, what you can do is if you're a business, you can actually write off an entire whole bunch of um, uh, stuff. So every time you go skate or snowboard or whatever you, you're doing, if you're getting content and media and anything's work-related that's associated with it, you can actually write that off to the business. Gear and stuff that you're using to snowboard if you do, or, 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 or surf and ski, whatever it is, um, anything that's associated with you know doing that activity, which is what the business is surrounded by, photo shoots, whatever, you can write that all off. So instead of using your personal money for it, you can actually be running it through the business. So especially with lifestyle-type business, which give you know a uh, great possibility there 100 percent do it you know like one of my previous um um businesses was a you know snowboarding website and we'd create content and every time i'd go overseas and i'd take you know two three thousand dollar flights every flight went under the business as well so i would suggest um i'm imagining they're probably skate or surf themselves if they've got their side little hustle um 
you'd be surprised what you potentially could be able to write off. But once again, you know, it's not financial advice. Talk to your, um, talk to your accountant and please don't sue me. But that's what I do. <laughs> write, it, write it all off, mate. Get in there. No, <laughs> nice. There's no name attached to it, but it says my online business was going okay, growing slowly, but it was growing. And now I'm having trouble with delivery times, aren't we all? Um, is there anything I can do? That's insanely vague, Lloyd. I'm imagining if, if it's logistics. I mean, we need to know more content. Yeah. Is it a so, so online you, retail that's a, business? That's, that's a good point. If you're, who, I haven't got your name yeah. here, so I don't know who it was, um, but if, if you could just give us a bit more context. Are you selling plants? Are you selling, um, like, f- clothing? What Are you making mugs? Are no, you, you know, is it crockery? Yeah. Is, is it meat? Is what, it food? Uh, is it, <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. No, totally. A big... But the reason I asked for it is because there's a big thing happening right now, obviously through COVID and lockdown and a bunch of stuff through China. But the supply chain issue globally has become an absolutely massive thing. So um, prices of a whole bunch of stuff are spiking through the roof, and and it can't get to countries. You know, it's taking potentially weeks to get packages from even just sending like a letter to go from New Zealand to the states and stuff. So you know, as far as the distribution and supply chain side of things, there are insanely massive big backlogs happening globally that are at least going to take you know the next eighteen to two two years to even 18 months to two years to even even get through um so you definitely need more context on it but if it's a supply chain issue that is extremely difficult because literally if you don't have the product you don't have the things um so would 100 percent need more need more context um more context for it okay we've got i think it's the same number is it it is yep it is the same number i'm a baby clothes maker baby clothes there we go um if if some once again, you need context, right? Is she making it themselves? Is she outsourcing it to um, local third parties that don't have the material? Is she going direct overseas? Um, so let's go through the three. You know, <laughs> These are all good questions. Them, I'd say <laughs> if it's if it's number one, if it's her doing it herself and it's um, supply chain, she needs to obviously be hard. If she gets taps to do the delivery, if it's too much or whatever, you obviously need to potentially look at outsourcing or partners to do the, on the production side. Any of those partners that you do, you obviously can go local or global. Right now, I probably wouldn't go global because it's going to be pretty tricky to be able to get a whole bunch of that stuff through the supply the supply chain. Um, but if it's a sales thing, that's if it's flying down the back side, then it's more of a marketing. Is it like a you know a marketing sales issue or is it a production issue? It's a marketing and sales. That's obviously then talking digital marketing, content, Instagram, you know whatever it may be. Um, but if you're talking production, you know is it yourself? Is it locally, nationally? Or globally, you know, and work out those other four options. But you know, it sounds like if sales are decreasing, potentially there's more sales and marketing and things. So I'd actually be looking at the um, at the growth rate of how much sales over each month, looking at the potential locations, and then thinking about what's the gap and where the handbrake of what what is the key things that have actually made those those numbers actually drop down. Um, instead of thinking at the end of the um, at the bottom of the cliff, I'd be going to the top and figuring out um, what made the data change. Yeah, there's, an, there's another nice little message coming through from Joe. I'd be interested to see what you think about this. Business success is 99% attitude. You can hire the people with aptitude. Just because one person failed at an idea does not mean a new person will. Walt Disney went bankrupt three times just to get Disneyland, Disneyland LA, California, USA set up. And look at the generations of success now in the worldwide amusement parks. We are all children until we die. We stay youthful at heart. That is from Joe. Isn't that lovely? Oh, going deep there, Joe, I like it. One thing I'd potentially add to it is attitude is one, but execution and persistence is the other. You know, if he wasn't persistent enough, like you have the best attitude, but if you're not persistent to keep trying, then 
who knows what happens. And if you don't go and execute and actually do the good stuff, then nothing happens too. So I think it's that combination of, you know, attitude plus persistence plus execution. Yeah, that's um, pretty pretty onto it. Um, yeah, just regarding delivery times from that person who's who's um, come through, we're all having issues with delivery times at the moment. You know, I ordered some stuff from Briscoe's about oh, a month, month and a half ago. It still hasn't arrived. You know, it's just this is when closed, shops and stuff were closed. Um, so we're all having issues with delivery times at the moment, I guess, not just this person's um, baby clothes business. Yeah, 100%. And obviously when things are things are locked down and people aren't moving either, it's just creating a, you know, a bunch of um, tech issues, a bunch of supply chain issues, people issues. You know, The world is not normal, my friend, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've only got three minutes left, but I'll read this text from Mia. That's a cool name, Mia. I like that. Um, I've got an idea for a new gin-making business, and I want it to look cool, but I'm struggling to find the right marketing product designers to help it look the way that I want. Have you got any ideas? That's me. Yep. Don't focus on the marketing. Focus on the product. Get the product tight first. Marketing, you can copy. You can bring in, you know, a hundred different designers or a thousand different, you know, freelancers online through a whole bunch of different ways. Don't worry about any of that. Focus on the product. <laughs> Make the product the best gin of all time. Then you've got good problems. You can have the best marketing, but you know, it's like you know, what's that thing? It's like lipstick on a pig. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so product, product, get the product, focus on the product, make the product the best gin of all time, then then work, work brand. You could, like, even if it is terrible gin, you could still market it really nicely and, and, and market it as this real fancy, fancy as gin. Um, couldn't you? Is it, or, or should you spend, I mean, I guess that's fraud, 100%, isn't it? But... you could. And then, and then what happens is everyone, it's got this fancy packaging, everyone tastes it one time and it's a single transaction with no recurring business and everyone tells everyone else that it had fancy packaging but it was a crappy product. You know, it depends. If you, if you want to go for transactions and play the short game, you know, do some fancy pack, packaging and put some lipstick on a pig. But if you're passionate about gin and, and making and alcohol and design and whatever it may be, there's no chance in hell you're going to do that if you're passionate about the product. So I'd actually reverse back and go, are you doing this because you're passionate about what you're making or are you just trying to make a quick buck? And if you try to make a quick buck by putting lipstick on a pig, yes, you may make a couple of quick bucks, but you probably won't <laughs> because straight away people will taste it and they'll be like, blah, and you'll be stuffed. So short game, potential a win. Long game, 100% not a chance in hell. So 100% <laughs> reverse back to the product, why are you doing it, and making sure that the passion's aligned with it. And then usually when you combo those things together, um, profit is the byproduct. Okay, marvellous. We've got to leave it there because we're running out of time. But thank you so much for all of your expertise and your insight. That's Robert Hollis, who's a Kiwi entrepreneur based out of San Francisco. That's